Hello. Hello. Let's follow my gum. Oh, good. I'm glad you did. Matt Steele came in here popping his gum, but he was like, okay, we're about to record the podcast. People maybe don't want to hear ASMR as they're on their way to work. Oh, you know my thoughts on ASMR. Right. All right, but now it's going to be ASMR of the swallowing. Oh. One, okay. two, three. That was quiet, did which I appreciate. That? I didn't hear it, but maybe if someone's uh, like had their headphones on and were really listening, they could. Yeah. But I think that's okay. Turn it up. Turn it up. <laughs> you don't need to. Let's so quote Whitney. Turn me up. <laughs> And to quote Aaliyah, up a little bit more. Yes. Up a little bit more. Four everyone, page letter, a classic. Everyone wants to hear the gulp of Matt Steele's throat. I don't know if we do. Thank <laughs> I you. don't know if like the gulp of Matt Steele's throat is like a phrase we need out into the universe. I think the people want it. It sounds a little sexual. And we got to give the people what they want. I don't know. Well, everything I do is sexual. I told someone at my uh, day job, like, oh, and we started a Patreon XYZ. And they were like, do you do it with your shirts off? Like, is that what they're paying for? I was like, what? What do you think I do? Like, what do you think this podcast is? No, we're very much shorted. Thank you so much. We'll see how desperate we get. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't foresee us doing that. And also, I don't think we're like, I don't think that's what people would pay money for. No shade. I think we look great. But that's not our, our first yeah, attractive if, feature. If you, if you want to see me with a shirt off, you can check out our reaction to Formation by Beyonce because <laughs> that is true. it dropped when I was in the shower. Yes, and, and that I, was important that you got there as soon as possible. Yeah, I also have wet hair in that video. Ugh, it's okay. You know, I felt my thoughts on me with wet hair. We should start this recording. All right, let's actually start the podcast. One, two, three, go. Welcome back to another Two Gay Mats podcast. It is Matt Steele. And it's Matt Palmer. And July is ending. We are going into August. Which I can't believe it. I, th- where did this year go? Truly. And the thing is, I don't think I felt that in the first quarter of the year. But like ever since my birthday rolled around in Costa Rica, I feel like time has been speeding up to a crazy degree. I feel like that's a normal thing with January, February, March. Mm. I feel like those three months always feel really long. I or at least in my life, they've always felt very long. Right. And then the rest of the year just zooms by. Mm. Because, I mean, I guess the other months are the funner months. I mean, I completely agree. And, I mean, it's too bad that we're both born in, like, the not fun months in our heads. Yeah. Um, well, no, no, no. We're not born in... Uh, oh, you were just saying for the first three months. Yeah, the first three oh. months, I think people see as the months that drag. Because those are the kind of, like, the, the the colder months. Got it. They tend to be in everything. And you're kind of getting the year started. Right. But then, as the months go along, they're yes. a little more fun. Because, I mean, June is the most fun month. Hello. It's oh. when I was born. Well, April 29th is nice. Well, June 19th is even funner. Well, I like June 19th as well so I think <laughs> we, everybody wins there June 19th objectively great objectively day. great absolutely Matt Steele yes how was your week my week was nice good. had a good time saw a film with my friend Lauren had some tacos beforehand um, and we can actually talk about I oh, guess, can we okay we went back and forth on this I have been very afraid to talk about Barbie and Oppenheimer because I am very supportive of the unions. I am very supportive of SAG and the WGA. But then I listened to podcasts that are much more popular than ours. No shade to ourselves. We're amazing. And they were like, okay, let's start it off with a full Barbie review. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I know, and these podcasters like are people who are confirmed in SAG. Absolutely. These are SAG folk. So I guess I just need to loosen up. I think, well, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) we all knew this from day one. I don't think of myself as like high strung or like. No, not at all. (laughs) 
Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I will say you've gotten more easy breezy lemon squeezy as time has gone on. I still hate that phrase though. Listen, I will never it be. It just flows naturally mm-hmm. out of my mouth. Maybe you should lighten up on that phrase. I'll okay. see. I'll see what um, I can do. But yeah, so I feel like we can still, I feel like we can talk about the movies and maybe our personal thoughts on them without being like, everyone go see it. Absolutely. So I think maybe that's we'll do what that. We should do. I still like the idea of giving everything a code name. I think that's cute. Just because it's cute and it could be like our little trademark. I love that for yeah. us. Um, so this week also I did a lot of editing for the project that I was working on. Yes. And I just, editing is a lot. You know, It is because I you we also did a 2K Mads video and then like several bonus videos. So I feel like you have a lot of editing on your plate yes. at the moment. Yeah, but you know, I'll, it's... I like editing and so it's like very cathartic. I love creating something and it's sort of like a puzzle that needs to be put together. Yeah. Um, especially they always talk about when you are editing um, or doing any sort of post-production for like a narrative thing. Mm-hmm. You're essentially essentially trying to like fix the mistakes you made in production. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like that's, what they always, that's like how people funnily describe it. That's and it's funny. like, yeah, it's like how do we work around this thing that we didn't have the time to get like, <laughs> um, and make it work? And, and yeah, I think, you know, we're doing a good job. And so I'm excited about that. Um, I went out last night with some of my coworkers. Out to like a club bar thing? To like a straight bar. Oh my gosh, what I was that know. like? It was fine. Okay. I, you know, I didn't have much to say yeah. about the situation. I love hanging out with my friends. That's good. Yeah. That's a very kind thing thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I was uh, a man approached me <gasps> and he shook my hands and he said, "You must be Ken." And I was like, "Ken." And he was like, "Yeah, like from Ken and Barbie," which I think was him insinuating that he thought I was attractive or something. Oh. So I was like, "Oh, this guy's hitting on me." Yeah. But um actually af- I was like, "Oh, well, thank you." After I said thank you, he turned to my good friend next to me who's like, you know, very pretty and gorgeous and everything and, and was like, "And you must be Barbie." Oh. And I was like, "Oh, so you were essentially just like checking to make sure I was not dating her." <laughs> to hit on her. I think it was just the first part of his hitting on her. It's like, oh, go up to her gay friend and yeah. say this, and it'll lead me right into a line. Yeah. Huh. And so then he hit on her for a while. Okay. And uh, then uh, after he was done hitting on her, <laughs> yes. uh, uh, let's just say he ended his hitting on her with her lipstick all over his face. Oh, well, I guess it worked <laughs> out. Congratulations. It, it worked out for him uh, like gangbusters. And then he turned to me and was just, and he was just like, oh, uh, uh, by the way, um, I assume you're gay, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, I'm not gay, but I love getting compliments from gay guys. And I was, and I just went, okay. <laughs> that is well, so weird. Nice to meet you. That is very brazen. And like, I think that's the absolute appropriate response. Like, you think I'm just going to give you a compliment because you're a straight person? Like, sweetie, you should be happy I'm talking to you. Like, we, I have nothing to give you. I have nothing to get from you. Best of luck in Best your future endeavors. I, I, I said, okay, well, you should probably wipe off your face. <laughs> and he was like, oh yeah, I got napkins in my car. And I was like, okay, you go get them. Yes. Um. So yeah, that was a, an adventurous night, I guess. I love that. Um. And I don't know. I did other stuff. I <laughs> ate. I sang. I was married. What did you do? Oh, I, um. what did I do? On Friday, oh, Joe and Tim came over and and we uh, actually made them dinner, which was very fun. We made these kind of um, turkey pita things that we like to make and then made some broccoli along with it. And we sat outside on the little, you know, little porch deck area and had the nice little light dinner party. J- Jackson made some uh, very bespoke cocktails and they were lovely. And uh, we played some video games. We watched a few Disney Plus shorts. Have you ever seen the out short, the like gay one? <laughs> Oh, yeah, with the mother where he turns into the dog? Yes, he turns into a dog. Yes. It's so oh, cute. The mother. Wait, you've seen that before. I have seen you? it before, but yeah. I, I, was, I was the one who was like, we should watch this. Oh, that mom, that 
thing, that scene with the mom and the dog is heartbreaking. I know. Like, it's so beautiful. It, and it's also like, was this used in the beginning of a movie for Pixar or was it solely for the Disney Plus app? Because the world should have seen that. When it did is, it come out? Like 2020? I want to say like 2020. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, it's a short that came out on Disney Plus and it was like a guy who's like afraid to come out to his mom and he's yes. like older and he's about, I think his boyfriend wants him to move in with him or something like that. Yeah. Something along those lines. I forget. Uh, and so then he magically turns into his dog yes and and sort of like sees things from like his dog's perspective and like yeah. his mom like talks to the dog and it's just like i just want my son to be happy exactly and you know, it's it's gorgeous and it's so short it's less it's like 12 minutes long it's very cute yeah. so it was fun to watch that and i thought wow what great jobs the writers and actors did on this yes. we should pay them fairly yes um so then we played a couple of video games and that was nice and then on saturday uh jackson and i went to san diego because one of his childhood friends kids was turning three and so we went to go sing, sing happy birthday to the young man i guess young, young boy i don't know what do you i don't know how to refer to children <laughs> he was a kid yeah yeah i turned the, three the young thing young yeah i think that's right <laughs> uh but yes we did a happy birthday moment the issue was uh-huh. there was for some reason a lot of traffic getting down to san diego and it took what should have been like a two two hour and two and a half hour trip was four full fucking hours oh, and it was God. like oh I'm kill so me sorry. we listened to the hunchback of notre dame cast recording oh. from the broadway show to from, pass the time from the not broadway show oh, it, was it, broadway? It, it was i think it premiered at la jolla playhouse speaking of san diego oh yeah um and then it may have played at another regional theater but it never made it to broadway it's nice i mean i like oh, the I song mean, the score of hunchback of notre dame it's is brilliant excellent. i think michael arden was quasimodo in the oh, stage production, okay who won the tony award for best director parade oh, Wow. And was like, now I'm a faggot with a Tony. Remember that? Oh, yes, I do remember yeah, that. That's, I think that's him. Well, great. He did a great job. Well, great. And uh, I listened. we listened to that. And also, I mean, I don't know if this is good or bad, but I feel like all of this Ariana talk lately about her and Ethan Slater uh, has gotten me listening to Dangerous Woman a lot. And so okay. I listened to that album again. I was like, you know what? This album is long, but it's excellent. And so for a four-hour car ride, if we're going to be diving into an album of pop music, I was happy to revisit the greatness of Dangerous Woman. Touch It is so amazing. Into You, of course. Just a lot of highlights on Dangerous Woman. I feel like we don't talk about it enough because obviously Thank You Next is like her magnum opus, but there's a lot of great stuff on Dangerous Woman and I just want to repeat that. Um, And then today, what did I do? Anything of note? Oh, I went and saw Janie and before that we went to uh, Jackson's sister's house because she and her husband are out of town, but they have a pet turtle named Harry and so Harry needed his water refilled and some vegetables and fruits. So we fed and watered Harry. Uh, Matt Palmer, St. Francis over here, just giving to the animals, (laughs) nurturing the animals. That's the person who like is very like respectful of animals, but not like needing to be a pet owner. It was like I could see myself owning a turtle. Like you take that turtle out, it walks around the house a little bit. You feed it some water and some strawberries, some tomatoes, and it's happy. And I'm like, oh yeah, this I could do. Yeah, I had a pet turtle once okay. uh, for a, a period of a few years named Stevie. And sometimes Stevie, we would let Stevie walk around the basement and everything. And sometimes Stevie would get lost, and we were like, how the fuck do we lose our turtle in the basement? <laughs> hey, so searching for Stevie was always a, a, a chore. We one time had Harry like in our apartment for like a week or so. And Harry, in our little-ass apartment, got lost multiple times. Well, I mean, turtles are, like, genetically designed to hide. Yeah. Like, they're essentially a hiding spot. Yes. Their body is a hiding spot. I know. So you just see that shell and not even realize it's a turtle. So I know. Like, oh, yeah, that's the ottoman when we, when we took it out, him out today, and it, and he walked around the house, I was like, I'm keeping my eye on you. Because yeah. they say you're slow. But I, I think that 
thing moves pretty fast. Oh, turtles move fast. I would like think, think that's a misnomer. I think they are not as slow as they're made out to be. And Harry specifically, he definitely moves with purpose. And he's like, I'm heading towards a closet. I'm heading towards the dog's cage. I'm going somewhere and I'm going to hide. And will you know where I am? Probably not. And I was like, that's not going to happen. I have places to be. Good for you. All right. And yeah. now we're here. You're learning how now I now trust you to watch my turtle whenever uh, I get one. Okay. Do you think if you were to have a pet again, would it be a turtle? I don't know. I'm not going to have a pet until I have a child okay. or a husband minimum. Okay. Because it's like I cannot take care of an entire animal right. on my own. It certainly just like makes traveling so much harder. Like yes. the idea of like, oh, I need to board this or find someone to watch and feed it. It feels like a level of responsibility that like I don't need to invite into my life unless I have other responsibilities like. A child. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like a you child. Know? It's like I would want the child first and mm. then we'll see how that goes. If the child survives, then maybe we'll get a pet. <laughs> I'm hopeful the child will survive. Yes, I'm hopeful feeling. too. I'll let you watch the child since you're so good with a turtle. Uh, thank you. Only when it's like big enough. I don't want to have to like carry it. You don't want to have to carry my child? No. What if my child falls? I mean, I will pick it up. I'm not saying I won't like stand it back up, but I, I don't want to like be like, oh, I have to hold you in the right way and like cradle your neck and all that stuff. Okay. Like that, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> well, okay. I guess uh, we'll have to wait a couple years until Matt Pollard yes. babysits my children. I, just a few years, you know. You it's know, fine. first for them to be born, and then for me to. According babysit. to parents, those years zoom by. Great. So it, it's like the, able, the we, end of 2023. Zoom and by. Zoom and by, guys. <laughs> Should we jump into the news for ideas? Sure. Did you see the Emmys were officially postponed? I thought they were officially postponed earlier. I guess they weren't. Um, maybe it wasn't official. It but. was. Unofficial, but due to AMPTP's refusal to return the ne- to the negotiating table with the actors and writers, the Emmys are officially postponed indefinitely. They were initially slated to air on September 18th. But yeah, I think we all pretty much knew that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. But according to Variety, it's officially not happening. And some movies have been reshuffled. Their release dates have moved. Um, any updates on The Color Purple? Is no, that one no. still? I think The Color Purple, I think they'll still do The Color Purple. Like, okay. I, because as I said, I don't think uh, Warner Brothers is like banking on the cast being the selling point. Mm. I think they're banking on the name, the color purple, being Got it. the selling point. All right. So yeah. if we're still there, I think that's great. And I'm hopeful for you. Yes. And I, I'm also very excited to see it. So I'm hopeful for me as well. I'm hopeful for all of us. Yes. We yeah. got to have hope. And I think Warner Brothers also knows like this could be a slam dunk for right. like, some acting Oscars and everything, especially if other movies don't come out. Right. Like, if like Dune is postponed, like, you know, I think they will see that as an opportunity. Like, oh, now like this opens more doors for mm. less competition as far as Did you as see the first go. Dune? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's great. I never saw it. Yeah, it's great. It's a lot of sand. Oh, I, I mean, oh. wait, wait, no, we can talk about it. Yeah. I can, I can say I enjoyed it a lot, but I will say nothing about people going out to see it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Does that work? SAG? Does that SAG, work? SAG? Are you listening? Are you listening? <laughs> uh, did you see that video of someone throwing a drink at Cardi B on stage and Cardi throwing the microphone back at them? Without hesitation. Like without skipping a beat. And Cardi knew exactly who it was. She, that's the thing. And where to aim that goddamn microphone. She was paying attention. And you know the first thing I thought when I saw the video? I was like, huh. Cardi B's left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my fellow left-handed queen. I mean, she's a creative person. And the thing is, okay, of course we do not condone violence. No. That is should not be the answer. But we've been trying to tell all of y'all for weeks, you have got to stop assaulting these artists when they are on stage. So, I, I, of course, I, we don't want microphones thrown at anyone. But, like, you did, you poked the bear. And you, hopefully this is a lesson to all people going to concerts wanting to make a moment. Like, just don't. Well, and also, why would you do it to Cardi B? I know. Like, because Cardi B got her start on what reality show? I think Love and Hip Hop. Love and Hip Hop. Like, she is designed to, like, 
fucking fight you back. She will kick your ass. And like, she's so great and lovable that you just got to root for her. And that's the so, thing that the public's going to always be on Cardi B's side unless she does something like atrocious and you threw water on her first. Yeah. Like, so, like Cardi B will, will retaliate. <laughs> she just will. We don't promote violence. No. We can say it again. Yes. But I, I would advise us to stop throwing things at people performing. I don't know why we have to keep saying it. Hopefully this will, you know, change some... It will give people, will have a second thought before they try to throw water at another person on stage or something more solid than water because not okay. Do you think it's just people just desperately want attention from these celebrities and or even their fans? Yes. And they want attention. Maybe they'll go viral on social media. Maybe people will see. Like, oh, that that was me. Exactly. It's like, well, we didn't see your face. So that was useless. And it's like, do you want attention for that? Like, is that, is attention important enough that you're willing to assault or throw water on people just who are? doing their job for you yeah i don't get it but well people are nerds people are nerds absolutely um apparently barbie and oppenheimer are in the running for one of the best second weekends of all time they're still making money hand over fist uh barbie ended the week before the weekend i believe with over 20 million dollars more Oppenheimer is over 127 million. The Haunted Mansion is not doing so well. Apparently, people are like, "Why would you release a uh, Halloween movie in July?" But then it, someone came out and said, "Well, you know, Hocus Pocus was released in July." It was, but Hocus Pocus was not very financially oh. successful in the movie theaters. Oh, I didn't realize it that. was when it. Uh, it was more like a syndication thing. It did very well, I think, like with rentals and stuff mm. when it came out. But like, yes. and, but I think it was like the syndication of it all, it playing on TV and everything. It became the classic, which I. I was surprised that it wasn't a huge hit because I remember well I remember like renting it a lot like right. as a kid so maybe that's how I why I was so shocked when I heard that it wasn't a huge financial success for them right um, but uh, but yes I, that is kind of confusing yeah apparently a massive 93 million dollar second weekend for Barbie and then 46 million dollar second weekend for Oppenheimer it's just very cool to see these movies being so successful and blockbusters that are not expected like the Mission Impossible of it all didn't do as well as these two films are doing so that's cool and I love that it became an event and um, did you are there anything about Barbie that you wanted to say last week that you didn't get a chance to that I enjoyed it very, very much. Yes. <laughs> I enjoyed it as well. It's a blast. It's a joy. Yes. I yeah. would like to see it again myself, but I would advise you to do whatever sex has. <laughs> <laughs> Which is my go-to party line from here on out is do whatever sex has. Do whatever sex has. I don't think, I, I, want, I feel like sag's like still encouraging people to see yes. things. Yeah, Because, are. you know, they want to, you know, want to support the industry to a point. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily know. All I know is I am going to support the union. Yes, and we we both are yes. absolutely. Uh, and apparently, Greta Gerwig came out and said that the Barbie movie almost had a fart opera in the middle. She thought it was very funny, but the test audiences did not. And I must say. I'm with the test audiences. That would not be funny to me. Well, I'm with the leading female author of oh our time, gosh, Greta Gerwig. Of course you I are. I think it's funny. Farts are always funny. <laughs> that is not true. It's true. Farts no. are always funny. I just feel. Listen, if I farted right now live on the podcast, people would be listening and they would go, oh, Matt Steele. Ha ha. Would I laugh? No. But well, like, there you go. But the thing is, like when you're in the movie, like you don't and it's happening to you. You don't find it's funny, but people laugh at, you know, you experiencing that because they're like, oh, I bet Matt Palmer's pissed. Ha ha. 
So you got uh, sometimes you got to sacrifice your own comfort and your own joy for the people. That's not. I just don't think that's the direction we want to go. Much like how we don't need to be doing reviews with our shirts off on Patreon, we don't need to have like fart bits on this podcast. That's all I'm saying. Listen, guys, we'll see how desperate we get. If we need to resort to fart bits, then then we got to keep the people invested. Then I will do it. But maybe the thing is, it seems like Greta Gerwig has an idea for a fart opera, so maybe she will put it in another movie where it seems more appropriate. Sure, maybe it'll be great for you, and I will not see it after hearing that news. Um, but of course, what the studios and people who are making these films have taken out of Barbie's success is that we need one billion Mattel films, and they're all in development. Oh my God, did you have do you have the list of all the Mattel things? I, I see the 14 of them include Barney, which we've talked about, that um, is already being made, I believe, Polly Pocket, which Lena Dunham is supposedly directing and starring Lily Collins, mm-hmm. Thomas and Friends, Hot Wheels, Rock'em Sock'em Robots, Uno. I When I saw those three letters Uno. in this article that they were conceiving a movie about Uno, I mm. wanted to fucking kill myself. I, like, I want to kill myself when Uno is being played in my vicinity. Oh, well, I disagree with you on that. Oh, Uno, Uno is fuck excellent. You. Uno Listen, is fun. I don't understand why any of you want. Well, you all know my thoughts on games in general. Oh my god, party pooper all, over here! When you play Uno, you are all miserable and furious with each other. So I don't understand why you want to subjugate yourself to that again and again and again. That's the fun. At some point, you will be making other people miserable. You will have the reverses. You will have the wild draw force, and it'll be great. But what's the point, guys? <laughs> it's a stack of fucking cards. The point is winning. I'm not saying that this IP needs a film, but Uno on its own is an excellent game, and we need to put. Respect Respect on Uno's name. All right. Well, <laughs> when they put the fart opera in the Uno movie, <laughs> no. then I will see it. And okay, if I okay, question for you. Yeah. If you had to choose between more MCU everything <laughs> all the time or more Mattel everything all the time, what do you pick? I don't foresee audiences being as emotionally invested in the Mattel games, sure. the movies of it all. Sure. Like, I, I don't foresee that because games aren't people. I gave you two <laughs> options, babe. Well, what would I rather yeah. watch? I, I mean, I would, I would, I, I, I understand the Marvel obsession of it all more. So I, I, and I've already lived through the Marvel obsession. So I can go a few more years with some Marvel monopolizing the movie industry over like a fucking Uno Rock'em Sock'em. Sure. But I feel like the Uno and Rock'em Sock'ems, there's such a blank canvas there. Like whoever is the director is going to really make something unique and original, even though the IP is completely unrelated to anything ever. Okay, I this is and, what I want. Yes. I want someone to make an art house Uno movie that is sort of like like the musical chess. <laughs> like so it's about this game and yes. the people who play the game, but really it's a metaphor for the Cold War or something. So like if they do something like that with Uno and it's a big opera yes. and really cinematic and maybe directed by David Fincher, like then I would be all about an Uno game. See, but movie. that I feel like is feasible. That can happen in this sure. world. The Marvel movies, those people who, you know, want need everything to be canon or big Marvel heads like sure. need things to happen a certain way that it becomes more formulaic. I think I'm more open if we have to get our original screenplays from Mattel properties. If sure. we, I mix, you know, am I going to see the Daniel Kaluuya Barney that's supposed to be like A24-esque? 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, I guess you're right. There is more like of a of an opportunity for artistic interpretation yes. of these movies, yes. and I don't foresee the fans of these movies being as hardcore psycho, right. um, like invested to the point where they essentially end up hating all the like movies that are made, <laughs> right? Like they do with Marvel movies, yes. like with the Mattels. Stuff. Yeah, it's not like you're gonna have a super rock'em sock'em robots fan who's like, "This is not canon. This is not how those buttons are pressed." Yeah. It's like because we, there is no canon. There's no canon. Yeah. So I think this is if this is the angle that we get new creative swings, then sure. Do I think this is the like lesson that should have been learned from Barbie's success? No. no. <laughs> but you know, I'll take what I can get. And also, we started off this Mattel monopoly over the movie industry yeah. with a, an artist, more artistic like interpretation of Barbie. Absolutely. Um, as opposed to like just like a straightforward. This is a canon thing mm. that's just like fun. That's the thing. Uh, so I th- I think people are going to head into the Mattel of it all with that mindset. We need an Art House Uno, babe. It's coming. All right, guys. Art House Uno is on the way. Art House Fart House Uno. Oh, that's what Lord. I want. Art House Fart House Musical Rock Opera Uno. Oh. Well, but fart opera rock, rock. Oh my god, this is happening! I brilliant. Okay, next story. Okay, <laughs> are you making the Uno film? And if so, could you please cut the fart opera? Because I'd like to see it and support in wholeheartedly. The fart opera is canon for Uno now. <laughs> Here, mean. it is established at two game mats. Oh my god, this is not what I wanted. But in good news for unions everywhere, the UPS strike has reached a tentative agreement. UPS and the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, the union representing about three hundred and thirty thousand UPS employees in the U have reached a tentative collective bargaining agreement. It looks like uh, wages are going up for all workers. Um, It's creating more full-time jobs. The uh, contract raises starting pay for part-timers to $21 an hour up from the contract to pay of $15.50 and full-time workers will see their top hourly rate go up to $49 an hour. I just think it's so great when the people who are doing the job win and like this is why we're rooting for SAG, rooting for the WGA. It's like I just can't imagine being behind a corporation more than you're being behind people. And these people work so hard. And I feel like the people who are against unions in all of those uh, examples are people who are like, what? Well, my job is harder than that. And I make less money. And it's like, well, babe, start a union. Like the argument is not, we should all be suffering together. It's like, no, we all should be succeeding together. And the unions are helping us do that. Especially for like the UPS, like male postal workers, like they have to do so much, not just the organizational stuff of it all. They're on their feet all day. They have to maintain everything. They got to deal with walking through guy as someone who you know for my restaurant I have like del- I like put stuff in mailboxes mm-hmm. there are some people who's <laughs> getting to their front door is a fucking journey Absolutely. you have to go through sprinklers jungles animals that try to attack you <laughs> you go up to that door some, someone's looking at you and you're just like oh my god do they have a gun like mm-hmm. it's scary out there it's so be paid absolutely what they're worth they should be paid what they're worth Beyonce said fuck you pay me and she fuck was you pay me absolutely right uh, did you see Viola Davis is stepping back from production on her film G20 despite the pics sag after a waiver? She says, I love this movie, but I do not feel that it would be appropriate for this production to move forward during the strike. I appreciate that producers on the project agree with this decision. Juvie Productions and I stand in solidarity with the actors SAG-AFTRA and the WGA. So apparently that film got a an interim SAG-AFTRA agreement, so they were going to pay the people more fairly, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Viola was like, but it's not just about me. It's not just about our production. Like yeah. it's about everyone in SAG, in the WGA. So let's take a pause. Yeah. I fully understand that. And I fully appreciate that. And totally. I mean, I think that's great. She's so cool. Yeah. I like her a lot. Oh, Viola Davis is 
incredible. And one last strike piece of news. Did you see that the studios are going on a hiring spree for AI specialist jobs? A Disney job listing wanted applicants who could push the limits of what AI tools can create and understand the difference between the voice of data and the voice of a designer, writer, or artist. And they're paying this person, whoever they hire, $900,000 per year. I mean, well, fuck that. (laughs) I mean, just fine. And the thing is, the the whole AI thing, like, will be like exciting for companies for a bit, but people consuming it will not connect to no. it. They won't connect to it. And so it will be a financial disaster failure. for them. It'll be a failure. Like, I don't understand what they're not understanding about this. Um, like they'll, they'll get money like quickly because they don't have to like pay a bunch of people to do all this stuff and everything, but they'll right. find that people aren't sticking with this entertainment. Right. You know, that's why I don't, I don't think the whole AI Ariana Grande or whatever, or AI pop stars will be successful because people like to connect to and follow real humans and real stories and right. everything. So people will be excited about it for five seconds and then be like, uh, what's the next thing? I know. You know, so I mean, girl, I guess do what you want to do, but People aren't going to follow it. People aren't going to like it. I feel like all of the art that gets made and is successful is because of that human connection that comes from a script written by a real person or an actor who's really physically there. Mm. So the fact that they're really trying to go out of their way to put people out of work and make a quick buck when we as consumers can tell you this ain't going to work, but they would rather try it than just pay people fairly is pretty gross. Like uh, your industry's. Gross. Well, and I just hope that this brings a rise to the production companies that do want to pay people fairly yes. and treat people fairly and everything and do these actual human art pieces and everything. Totally. I hope that they make buttloads of money and rise in the ranks. I have a question for you. Oh, God. Because I feel like the word has, the, I guess words have been said to me more times in the past three weeks than I ever heard them in my life. And I need someone to fully explain this to me. Oh, no. I, this you is know pressure. it. You know it. Okay. Okay. What is a set piece? <laughs> like, like a, a piece of set. No, I feel like it's something else because it's like, oh, this was, there was a big set piece in this film, X, Y, Z. Like, I think it means something in film language that I'm not understanding because like a piece of the set, I don't think well, the way people talk about it, I don't get it. I just don't get set pieces and I want us to discuss that. <laughs> I mean, like it depends on what the, what the medium is. Like set piece in theater is like a chunk of set that like comes on or off or whatever. Okay. In film, a set piece can be used to describe various different things. I imagine okay. what your confusion is, yes. is like, like, a, like a, a, a prop could be a set piece. Okay. Um, or like a big prop could be a set piece. Like okay. like sometimes like props are more, some props are more expensive than others. They're mm-hmm. featured more prominently. And so they're like, okay, we got to be careful with this set piece. Or why why are you thinking Just about because this? I feel like with the discussion of Barbie and maybe Oppenheimer, I feel like I'm here every time I listen to a podcast about it or I talk to you about it and it's like, oh, and there were so many set pieces. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Barbie, the Barbie movie, like the design, the art direction of Barbie was brilliant and it's yes. hands down winning that Oscar. Right. I imagine they're they're talking about like Barbie's house. Like okay. that could be one, that whole entity is like a set piece. Okay. You know, it's a piece of set. I guess, but I just, I'll see if, I'll, I'll come back next week and hopefully I'll understand it more fully because here I'm just, I'm a little lost. All right. I, I think you're, you're thinking about it too much. <laughs> And it's always your response you for me. Out. I don't think you got to worry about it. I'm worried. People use the word for different things, but it's I always interpreted it as just like a piece of set in any capacity, in the large scale, small scale, 
you know. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate like that. Like this microphone in the screen in our little box where yes. we're recording this. This microphone is a set piece. Okay. This chair is a set piece. My gum. So when people say, set, I can't talk about it more. Well, I'll look. I'll look it up and see if I can get a more, more full picture. But I do appreciate your explanation. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, I see that Beyonce's mom, Tina Knowles, has filed for divorce from actor Richard Loss. Yeah. How long were they together? I think they were together for eight years. It seems. Um, and Tina selected irreconcilable differences as the reason for the split. Unfortunately, this encouraged people to go to Richard Lawson's Twitter account and unfortunately no one told him that his likes are public so apparently he's been out here liking a lot of porn tweets supposedly which you know what everyone's human like what you like but I always feel like uh, people need to know when their likes are public and it's like it's like with the army hammer of it all when people went through his likes and it was a bunch of ladies like tied up and things I just feel like I I it's like oof I don't I I this isn't private. And I fit, I think you think it's private and it's not private. That is something I'm always shocked when I'm on Twitter and I see like the time or sorry, X, whatever the fuck. <laughs> uh, and I see um, like things pop up on your timeline, like suggested for you. And it shows like certain likes that people I follow have likes, like certain mm. things. I'm always just like, why is this popping up on my timeline? This, and then I'm like, oh, well, this person liked it. It's like, it's like you realize when you like something, it pops up on other people's timelines and it shows like this person likes this. It's like, guys, if you want to do some weird likes, like them on an alt account. Sure. Yes, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Uh, be careful with what you like. Yes. On social media. Yes. People will know. People can see it. Yeah. It's like you've got to know on every social media platform. If you want to save a piece of content that may be a little racy, you got to figure out the way to do that without having everyone know. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I never understood. To the point of liking stuff, I guess it is to save stuff. I think you it's want to look at it in my head, but, but isn't there like an archive option? There is, but I think it's newer, and maybe the Richard Lawsons of the world don't Seems know how to use confusing. that. Yeah, if if I have a t- like, see a tweet that I want to go back to at some point, not yeah. for like a weird sexual, but because like, oh, I think this is funny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'll like screenshot it. Oh, I would like a tweet that I thought was funny, just because like, oh, let's like, it. yeah. I mean, I do. Yeah, but like. If I know that people are going to see my likes, I wouldn't like something weird. I Same. <laughs> you know? I agree with you. But I, I think know. people don't know all of that. You, everyone uses social media differently in the same way. Like everyone describes what a set piece is. Absolutely. The big question of the day, what is a set, feed, yeah. set piece? Uh, Vice did a documentary about your favorite reality show, John and Kate Plus Eight. Um, and it featured John and two of his children, uh, Hannah and Colin Goslin, uh, who I believe he has um, primary custody of. Yes. Um, and some details I don't I guess I didn't fully understand what was happening there I saw the clip of John talking about how he would like eat lunch at his kids school because that was the only place he could see them from far away and then at some point he saw that Colin wasn't there and then found out Colin was somewhere else getting help apparently I didn't know exactly for what but he like made it his priority to get him out of wherever he was I just I wanted to know if you had more information I know these are your people not really okay. I, I know that after some of this stuff sort of came out and Colin and Hannah spoke about certain things. Yeah. Maddie Goslin, my queen. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> one of the older Goslin twins. Um, she posted something on social media. Mm. She was like, I'm not going to go into detail, but uh, I'm just going to say that I have no like patience for um, people saying like negative things, especially when, and I think kind of like insinuated that either John or like either Colin or Hannah like 
has said something like homophobic or transphobic, mm. like or are I don't know. I I couldn't really interpret what Maddie posted. Right. Um. But then she quickly deleted it. Oh, okay. And so I'm just like, what does all this mean? I don't know. I don't want to see that family fight. I know. They brought me so much joy in my youth, even though I'm still young. <laughs> they brought me so much joy, and I just want them to get along. I think it's heartbreaking when like siblings are estranged. Mm. When obviously when like parents and children are estranged in some sort of way, and so. So I wish the whole family the best. I hope things can heal. Yeah. I don't want this documentary to happen because it's like I don't. It's family stuff. You're. T- I mean, the kids aren't minors anymore. Right. They're, they're over eighteen, which is crazy. Wait, to think. even the youngest kids yeah, are over eighteen. They're over eighteen now. Yeah, I know. We're so old. Oh <laughs> I my know. God. I know. I can't. I talk couldn't about, have that. I know. I can't talk about <laughs> it. I feel ancient. Oh my god. Um, and so, see, so yeah, I don't want. I don't want to watch this documentary just yeah. because I I don't want to see like siblings like targeting other siblings or like par- parents, especially when I like care about this. Family. I know you do. I mean, you grew up with them. I, I get it. Yeah, I, I, I am the biggest John and Kate plus eight stan you will ever meet. And it is still my dream that they reconcile. <laughs> Not the parents. Everyone. I want everyone to reconcile. So reconcile in a co-parenting kind of way. You don't want yes. them to. Okay. Great. No, That's I don't. Fine. They don't need to get back together. Perfect. Like, let's get real. Yeah. And obviously they're not compatible. Yes. <laughs> and That's so, been yeah, made clear. And I don't like the thought of like a parent encouraging a child to speak out against their other I parents. It's, I don't, it's or like gross. Hit a child against the other parent. I really don't like that. Yes. Um. So I. I don't understand why John is doing that. I, I don't know. It's weird. I, if I were John, I would want to keep this private. Right. Because clearly, like, Kate wants to keep it all private. Right. So, I think she responded too, actually, but... Oh, what did she say? I don't know. Whatever, guys. <laughs> Look I, it up if I you want. I don't want to engage. I'm too upset. Um, In happier news, Tori Kelly has shared an update about her uh, medical scare. She says, I love you all so much, and I'm truly overwhelmed by all the love and care I have received. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, It's kind of a long message, so I won't read all of it, but essentially she's saying... Uh, it's been a scary few days, but I can feel your prayers and I can't stop thinking about you. I'm feeling stronger now and hopeful, but unfortunately there are still some things to uncover. She's being helped by the best doctors and nurses. She assures her fans and she said basically she wishes she could have like promoted the EP more during release week. But good news is the EP is fantastic. I cannot say enough good things about the song Cut, which I mean, is the opening song. So we are here to promote Tori Kelly's EP Absolutely, for Tori Kelly. Because that song Cut is one of the best. I I'm excited. I liked Shelter a lot. I need to listen to it more because I was on such a cut high listening to the whole EP. But Missing You is also great. I love Shelter. All right. I, lo- I listened to the EP on my way up uh, to record the podcast. Yes. I fucking love Shelter. Good. I love the production of it. I love at the end when she matches her runs with like guitar riffs. Impressive. The guitar riff that's happening. Fucking fantastic. I love Shelter. Do you like Shelter more than Cut? No, no, I don't know. I mean, I've heard Cut more. Yeah. So I'm more used to Cut. I mean, Cut's fantastic. Unbelievable. But yeah. So I really like the EP a lot. Um, I even like that sort of like 80s ballad song. <laughs> that one is- <laughs> What's in, that one called again? I don't remember what it's called, but it's not- um, Oh, uh, uh, something If I Die, Alive If I Die. Right, which I liked, but I also, in her current situation, made me uncomfortable to listen to. <laughs> not that she's like anywhere close to that, but I'm like, oh my God, she felt so very ill. It's So listening to that song just- 
gave me the heebie-jeebies. Okay, like, we'll take you know? some time. I'll take, take some a deep time. breath. Yes, and uh, go to take a nap. What you need to do <laughs> whenever the, you get a little stressed. Absolutely, listen to it again, and you'll be like, "This song's great. It's excellent." Um, and some final, just little bits of news. Kylie Minogue has announced her Las Vegas residency. It was long hinted at, but it's really happening. Britney Spears reconnected with Lance Bass this week. Did you see a picture she took with Lance and his twins and yeah. his husband? And I think Sam was there too. Very cute. Very cute. Michelle Yeoh has gotten married after being with her man for. 19 years. 19 years. That is like longer than Nathan and Adelaide and Guys and Dolls like being together. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you on that. And then in sad news, Sinead O'Connor passed away at 56. Even though she... I feel like her biggest times I wasn't plugged into music yet because I was, you know, single digits. I feel like the importance of nothing compares to you. Oh my God. That cover, that video of just her face and also her on SNL tearing up that picture of the Pope. Like she was truly shaking the table in a time that people were not. And she got blacklisted in a very real way, much like Janet Jackson after the Super Bowl of it all. So I'm glad that we're celebrating her. I wish we could have celebrated her more in life. Mm -hmm. You know, I always love giving flowers to our legends while they're still here, but she's done so much and shown such a light on issues that were very real and um, has a great version of Nothing Compares to You. I'm sure a lot of her music's excellent and it just is a sad loss for someone who was only 56. I know. It's very sad. I know. Thoughts are with her yes. and her family. Any, she, she did it. Absolutely. Yeah. Any other uh, news for idiots you'd like to share with the people? I don't think so. All right, great, guys. We'll be right back with more Two Game Mats, the podcast. Hello. Guys, we found out from the live chatters what a set piece actually fucking yes, is. Yes, tell the people because I still didn't get it. Well, first, you <laughs> tell the people what they should do. Oh, what I would like to say is if you enjoy our podcast, please go to your Apple podcast and find Two Game Mats. Look us up. Give us a five-star review. It means so much to us and helps the podcast immensely. I actually might read a little bit of one we received this week because it was so fucking sweet. But you can also do the same thing on Spotify. Uh, you can go and leave us a five-star rating. Remember, we only accept five stars, unfortunately. So if you have any criticisms or any star ratings that are not five, you must keep them to yourselves. Um, I just have to say this uh, review from Billy Boy 24 made me so happy. Uh, the gayest match you'll ever meet is the title. If you are a queer person looking for a sense of community, You've come to the right place. The Gay Mats will keep you updated on everything pop culture while also introducing you to niche music and Broadway. The Two Gay Mats Patreon slash Discord is also a great place to meet other like-minded queer people if you're in the market for a safe space to chat or bonus content, including live album reactions. I've been keeping up with 2GM since 2012 and could not recommend them enough. Just like truly the kindest series of words. And like we so rarely think about the fact that we've created a community of people who are so fucking awesome. But yeah. I don't know. It's it's basically all them and we're just like the facilitators. It makes me very happy. Oh yeah, you guys are the real masterminds. Truly. Here. Like you guys are so amazing. We love chatting with You're you. You're who every Taylor day. was singing about. Exactly. <laughs> we and we love chatting with you every day on the Discord. Yes. And even like years ago before there was a Discord and everything, when we like first started our Patreon, we would uh, you know, talk to you know the various people who would comment consistently on our YouTube videos and we yes. were just like People who listen to us are really fucking cool. I know. And and so smart and, and we're just gonna compliment you forever. But <laughs> <laughs> But yes, you should be a part of the community. Go to patreon.com slash two gay mats and join the Discord. It's very fun. Exactly. So, guy, ladies and gentlemen, yes. a set piece. Yes. Is apparently a Marvel thing that started it's okay. from the chat, it seems like it started with Marvel and the Marvel fans. Apparently a set piece refers to a se like a sequence of action mm. in a movie. Oh. Which Barbie had a lot. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, and but I, I, 
the fact that like the I'm so disconnected from like the Marvel right. universe of it all that I literally thought set piece was a piece of the set. <laughs> what a set piece actually fucking is, <laughs> and not a whole new like term that people have created is yes. crazy. And so therefore, I'm excited for Mattel to take over <laughs> in terms of movies because I can't handle new lingo happening about right. movies when I'm not a part of it. Absolutely Get out not. Of here. Can't have that. Um. So this is email my heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of email my heart if you email us at two game at gmail.com to is spelled T-W-O. Yes. We got two emails this week. One was a real quick question. It's from Kelly. Kelly Hi, Kelly. Says, Hi, Matt. Sorry for the urgency, but oh. Matt Steele, I'm hoping you've been to Marie's Crisis. If not, please go. It's a tiny bar in the West Village that only plays live Broadway music and everyone sings along. I just spent the night there and now need to do my homework because I clearly haven't listened to enough <laughs> cast recordings. <laughs> Anyways, question for you. Has there really been any bops of the summer? It doesn't really feel like it. Mm. Let me know what you think. Kelly, I have not been to Marie's Crisis, actually. When I was in college, uh, a place where me and my friends would go, like a Broadway musical theater piano bar, was this place called After Hours, I think Mm. it it was referred to as. Okay. Um, And yeah, it was like people go up and they sing show tunes. uh, And it's really fun. I mean, you have like a bunch of guys like... With the audience singing along, like you had a guy on stage singing "Waiting for Life" from "Once on This Island," and the right. entire audience would sing the "Ua Ua Ua Ua," like they would just sing along. That's cute. It, it was very very fun. Um, and I know that After Hours is no longer there. Um, wow. So I guess Marie's Crisis—I've heard of Marie's Crisis, but I guess it's like the the big one now. Um, so yeah, I mean, I should go at some point. When I'm like in New York for longer than a couple hours. Right. Because when I go to New Jersey, I go up to New York for like a couple hours and then go back down Did to Jersey. Did you do it this last time? No, I didn't. Oh, wow. Girl, I was busy. You were very busy. I true. was an artist this vacation. It's hard being an artist. Um, so yeah, what are the bops of the summer, Matt Palmer? I mean, padam padam, I can't keep talking about it, but it really is the gay bop of the summer. Absolutely. I was looking at the Hot 100 and unfortunately, well, Calm Down, which a dream of featuring Selena Gomez, uh, is doing very well in the Hot 100. I need to listen to it again. I've heard maybe part of it, but I think it is a bop, up-tempo, enjoyable. Vampire, I don't know if we'd call a bop, Olivia Rodrigo, but it's holding up quite well. To me, and it... I realize this is a song that came out in 2019, but Cruel Summer is, of all of the hits in the top 10, the one that I'm like, this is my summer bop. Absolutely. Because we have a whole string of racists in the Hot 100. We have, uh, you know, Jungkook from BTS, who I'm sure that song is great. I haven't gotten around to it. It's very new. But... I think a weird thing about like the TikTok of it all is like Miguel's Sure Thing is number 16. And that song might have come out 10 years ago at this point. So the bops of the summer probably aren't being released in the summer anymore. But they're Mm -hmm. still the bops of the summer. So for me, Cruel Summer is the one. Uh, Oh, Grace says the Barbie soundtrack. There are a lot of hits on that. She says especially the Ava Max song. She's a stan, so she's a little biased. (laughs) But I do think a lot of people are flocking to that Barbie soundtrack. Oh, it's great. It's great. That's Sam Smith song. I can't stand oh, good things fantastic. about. fantastic. The Billie Eilish song. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Stunning. The, the, oh, I love the opening sequence of the Barbie movie uh, where it, it's the Lizzo it's song. It's Lizzo, yes. And how the song changed to comment on what was going on in the world. Like such a clever bit of direct, such a clever set piece. 
<laughs> I guess, uh, from Greta Gerwig just being like, let's have the pop song in the beginning like explain what's happening. Right. Like, so fucking funny. I I thought that was really great. Um, I think there's a lot of great. Oh, Sheena is pointing out also Bar- Barbie Girl, the Nikki Ice Spice song from that soundtrack, which I do find myself enjoying more and more every time I hear it. So I yeah. put that on my bops this summer list. Oh, it's a great sound. Yeah, I think there's been a few, few bops this summer. Yeah. And the Tori Kelly cut. Oh. Excellent. Don't say, don't say love. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a great song. Great song. A lot of two-step bops. Yeah. Absolutely. We want more two-step bops, so if Matt Palmer would like to write some. All right, we'll see. (laughs) All right. Next question comes from uh, Nayla. I think Nayla. Hi, Nayla. Nayla. Um, And all I had to do was read the subject line, and my answer is yes to whatever (laughs) this question is, because the subject line is, bring the sexy, slutty songs back. Absolutely. Yes. We don't even need to read the email, (laughs) but we will, because we love Nayla. Hello, Matt. Nayla here. I was recently listening to Sex Dreams by Lady Gaga Mm. and realized how much I miss this sexy, slinky, slutty style of music. Some other examples that come to mind are Maya's My Love Is Like Whoa, Mm. The Pussycat Dolls Buttons, of course, Janet Jackson's All Night Don't Stop and Britney Spears I'm a Slave for You do you think this style can come back into popularity and is there a particular artist that you would like to see try it thank you for reading my question and I hope you two have a beautiful day yeah like they're like we love nothing more as homosexuals than like a tramp jam (laughs) is that what we're calling them yeah tramp jam I didn't know literally like all of Blackout, just one giant <laughs> Tramp Jam opera. I love that, and so, and it's it just fulfills us so much. Like yes. like I love like when music when it's just gritty and dirty. Uh, Troye Sivan, I yes. think song uh, Rush is very much like that, especially yes. with that music video. Like we want just like sweaty, kind of gross but kind of hot. Like yes. music videos back and music. I think there's been sort of like a period of time where you know the kids are very much just like no let's play against the sex of it all and just be dark and brooding and and you know the clothes are baggier because it's like we want to play against the sexuality of everything which is like cool and great and different and everything but sometimes you feel a little sexy and you want the music you're listening to to reflect that we we have multiple layers as human beings so bring some slutty disgusting tramp jams back I mean we I feel like there's a big shroud over what Dua Lipa's next era is going to be. And if she went down the rabbit hole of like sexy, sweaty pop music that like feels like those songs you listed, I would be all fucking for it. The woman is obviously gorgeous, but she has conquered the disco, very shiny sound. Let's get a little dirty. Let's go. I feel like Christina taught us back in the day, get two R's, get dirty. It's a great pivot. And it would be a cool new sound from her that she, of course, should could pull off because she's stunningly beautiful and you know I think everyone finds her very sexy so let's let's hear it in the music yes yes I want to start that live listening party totally clean and end that live listening party with an STD I don't want that <laughs> I think they're STIs now when did that I, yeah I went to that happen. I made a change is that like how like set piece was once one thing and exactly. now it's a completely different that's, thing that's how language works we grow it evolves and we got to be along the ride for the evolution I still call them STDs look we got to believe in evolution here don't <laughs> <laughs> don't be a non-evolution girl because that's not it. I don't think there's that much of like a fight for like anti-STD. Right. I just think it's, I think it's probably just more um, correct. Like it is an infection. It's not a disease, supposedly. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's more, it's more happier sounding to say infection than because there's a little more optimism there. Yeah, infection. and I feel like there's maybe a little less judgment. Like, little we less all get judgment. infected with things, which there should be no judgment. Um, everyone should try to be as safe as possible when things happen. Listen, I'm going to get totally infected by that Dua Lipa album whenever it comes about. I guess, and I'll be right next to you watching that happen. <laughs> Only Watch, to you. Watching it grow and spread. Oh, Lord. Let's move on. <laughs> Matt Steele. Yes. I have a question for oh, you. Oh, yes. What has been giving you moments, darling? Well, since we're allowed to talk about cinema again, maybe, who knows? Maybe. I saw a movie with my friend Lauren and she was the perfect person to see this with because I majored in musical theater with her. Oh, I was thinking about seeing this. Oh, you need to. I need to. Okay, sorry. I mean, we're not saying that you need to. You can do whatever you want. Support the unions. Thank you. Support the unions. Um, And it's a movie called Theater Camp Mm. and it is starring Ben Platt and it is such a a joy. It is about like just this performing arts camp um, based on, you know, the, the camps of you know, uh, Stage Door Manor mm-hmm. uh, and French Woods, which are these famous musical theater camps where they put on a bunch of productions. And it's very similar to in 2003, there was a movie called Camp that came out that is very much a cult classic. And Anna Kendrick's in that. And Anna she? Kendrick is in that. If you want to see her give her best performance, let's be real. Oh, wow. Phenomenal. I mean, let's get real. Um, it, that's very much a cult classic, but this movie is, it's along those lines, but you know, it holds up on its own very, very well. Right. It's so funny. It's so clever. It is, and I, the whole movie is great, but I was, there are a ton of different characters. Mm-hmm. And the entire movie, I was kind of worried because I was like, how are they going to like, t- like, are they introducing too many characters? Like, how are they going to tie this, like, how are they going to tie all this up like at the ends in a nice concise way? And they really do it beautifully. Wow. Like, I thought the ending of this movie was really, really well done. It, it wasn't playing. It wasn't making too much of it, but mm. it, it still felt like impactful enough. Like, I don't, I just thought it was really beautifully done. It's directed by Molly Gordon and Mc, Nick Lieberman. And Molly Gordon is uh, the leading girl in the movie. And she's Fucking great. Wow. Like she is really, really great. It was written by Molly, Nick, and Noah Galvin. Oh, yes. Yeah, he was, uh, he uh, took part in writing the screenplay for it. I really, really loved it. I thought it was great, really charming. And I don't know if you like theater, even if you don't like theater, go check it out because it's really not go check it out. I'm, oh, <laughs> shit. Uh, bleep, bleep that out. Bleep that out. Bleep that out. Do whatever you want do with it and support do. the actors and writers. Oh, I'm fucked, aren't I? Know. I know. We're all getting kicked you out. You know what? If theater camp is what is what takes me down, it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. Well, for me, this is a series that I finished watching before last week's podcast, but was too scared to talk about. And I think I'm finally brave enough to say... Shrinking on Apple TV Plus is so fucking good. It is a joy. It is a quick 30-minute comedy. And it's I think it's 10 episodes its first season. It starts Harrison Ford. He's kind of like the gruff, older like head of the therapist office. And then Jason Segel is a therapist as well. And uh, he has recently lost his wife in a car accident, I believe. And so he's really spiraling, going out of control. And it's been actually a year since uh, her passing. But she is a... A uh, father of a teenage daughter and in lieu of like taking care of his daughter through this tough time he's kind of been like drinking himself silly mm. and like you know sleeping with uh, sex workers and things and so this is about kind of getting him back on the straight and narrow and um finding a new connection with his daughter and also Jessica Williams is in it and she's so, so incredibly funny. Like, I think she is in, uh, she's nominated for an Emmy this year and like, it's completely so well earned. She is such a standout. She's so hilarious in every scene she's in. I just think they handle such 
uh, heavy material. Like you look at that logline or like what I just like word vomited out at you and you're like, oh, this is probably like a dark. And they keep it pretty light and pretty comedic. Like it's very much uh, a dramedy that leans into the comedy of this very unfortunate, sad situation. Mm -hmm. And it's just all of the characters are all unique in their own ways and they find really creative ways for all of the different characters to interact. It just was a really lovely view and um, there were a couple of actors I wanted to shout out whose names I don't know. Uh, But there's uh, one guy who is basically one of his clients is is the actor who plays Sean is Luke Tenney. He's very good but he is supposed to be someone who like has anger issues and is like kind of violent but something in his face it's like I know you're just like such a sweetie. <laughs> so it like initially was hard for me to get behind him, but did a great job in the show. And also the daughter, Lukita Maxwell, who plays Alice, is incredible. And then Krista Miller, I was looking at her. She plays like kind of the neighbor who steps in and like helps Alice along the way when J- Jason Siegel is kind of on his own journey. And I was like, I have seen this woman before. Her voice is so familiar to me. Where do I know Krista Miller from? And I did my Googles and I looked back and I was like, ah, she plays the, you know, nosy neighbor on perfect television show, Cougar Town. <laughs> ah, I remember and, those days well where you would just binge, uh, you would just be all over Cougar and Town. And if you think I haven't started it again, <laughs> you would be wrong. Hulu has the whole season. So support the writers and uh, actors. Um, but yes, <laughs> it was just great seeing her again. She is uh, the wife of Bill Lawrence, who is the creator of both Cougar Town and Shrinking, uh, alongside uh, Brett Goldstein and Jason Siegel, I believe, either helped co-create or also executive producers it just is a great first season i'm really excited for it to come back and um as awful as the content drought is going to be because you know the actors and writers are not being paid fairly i at least i'm gonna have time to go back and watch some shows i meant to watch so maybe i'll dive into the bear next uh who i believe the lead actress on the bear is in theater theater, and she's so good the thing is i've seen her in uh just like on red carpets and she's so fucking funny like immediately i'm like i love this person her character in this movie is so fucking random really? like she plays a, a counselor who sort of like lies on her resume mm. to, to get hired um, like she says like yeah I know all about stage combat I know all about like all this theater stuff and she doesn't know jack shit Icon. and so she's just like going through the camp like trying to teach these kids like all this stuff <laughs> and she's just like so stage combat what is it <laughs> And, and, and the kids are like giving her all these metaphorical responses, just being like, it's the, it's the ability to blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, yes, but what is it? <laughs> like, it's, it's so. I love her. What is her so name? Funny. Could you look it up for yeah, me? Yeah, I can look that up for I you, darling. That. Don't you worry about that. But yes, Shrinking is an excellent show. Apple TV Plus has, you know, steering me right with Shrinking and also Severance, which I really enjoyed that first season. So hopefully we can see season twos of these incredible shows very soon because I enjoy them very much. All right, hold on. I'm scrolling through IMDb. Uh, Ayo Edabiri. All right, Ayo. 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 Very Ayo. talented. Ayo. Ayo. We're we smoking them out. We love her. Uh, is there? Is that the Lady Gaga song? Yeah. Oh, cool. Look uh, at that. That's great. Uh, is there anything else you would like to tell the people today? Well, I, mean, the I just want to warn the people that um, guys, I'm about to get insufferable next week. Because oh, it's next week. Big Brother starts oh. Wednesday. August 2nd. Wow. And it's going to be the longest season the show has ever had because of the writer's strike. So buckle oh, up, Lord. motherfuckers. There are, 
we think that they're going to announce the cast tomorrow. Okay. So I'm going to be spending all day like deep diving into all the interviews, yes. learning about the people who will become my best friends for this summer slash into fall <laughs> because <laughs> of the strike. Right. The brothers going into fucking November. That's so much time. Out of control. Um. So yeah, buckle up, guys. And all I, right. I guess uh, watch if you want to follow along with my rants about Big Brother. And yes. there will be some Chatty Cathy's episodes on our Patreon <gasps> about Big Brother. Yes. Uh, so if you want to check out my real deep dives into the seasons, then become a, a patron. Yes. You can watch the the Chatty Cathy's level, I think is the $10 it's level. It's the $10 level. Yeah. So I'm going to record some stuff with my friend Arthur once the Big Brother season. Oh, I didn't even so, know what was happening. This is yeah. great news for me. Well, he's out of town yes. uh, for the next couple weeks. But yeah. when he comes back, then we'll we'll deep dive into how the Big Brother season is going. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening and watching. We'll be back next week with more 2K Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.